want to innovate the current aquaponic operation to provide the adequate, nutritious, and affordable seafood with a minimum environmental impact. Hello, and welcome to the Purdue Agriculture Economics Podcast. My name is Valerie Kilders, and I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Agriculture Economics here at Purdue. I am joined today by Colby Smock, one of our undergraduate co-hosts. Hi, Colby. Hello, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Enjoying all the fall colors coming in. It's really, really beautiful on campus. I was driving through turkey run nearby this weekend and it's it's really a nice time of year to be around here yeah definitely turkey runs a beautiful place too so yeah it is and there is definitely a chill in the air i think summertime is definitely over no more time for swimming no more time for going to the lakes but talking about lakes do you maybe want to talk about who we have as guests today yeah for sure Today we're joined by Dr. Jinyi Wong. He's an associate professor of food science and environmental and ecological engineering here at Purdue. And we're also joined by Dr. Kwamina Kwagraini, aquaculture marketing director, clinical engagement, full professor in Purdue's forestry and natural resource department. And both of them are currently principal investigators on the Wind Blue is Green project. And I would like to now turn it to our guest to explain a little bit about what the Wind Blue is Green project is and a little bit about aquaponics. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. It's yeah, great to have you, you here. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Hi, I'm Jen Huang. So our project is funded by USDA for five years, and we got a total of $10 million grant to support the main goal of our project to increase the production of the blue foods, particularly in the Midwest, which here we mean is a seafood. It's a food derived from the aquatic animals and plants and even algae. In order to produce adequate and nutritious and affordable seafood and with the minimum environmental footprint through the aquaponics and then which is food production system and combination of agriculture, which means the raising aquatic organisms in and also the hydroponics, I mean the growing plants in water. So the aquaponics actually creates a, a closed loop which, in which the plants can utilize the nutrients in agricultural water and to grow. And in the meantime, they can filter the water, then send, it, send the water back to the agriculture tank. So in this case, I mean, the aquaponics can actually, it's very intensive. It has a higher production yields compared to open fields agriculture and it used less lands and water, so we consider that it's a actually very sustainable farming practice. Innovative aquaponic is just an approach. Well, we're doing that because aquaponic is a, it's a prime solution, but at this stage, it still has some like limitations. So from the research component, we are going to address that, but in the meantime, I mean, we have extension and education team members, and the ultimate goal to use that as approach in for the long term, we can increase the the blue food production consumption in the Midwest. Personally, when I think of the Midwest, I think the last thing I think about is seafood production. Yeah. Do you, Colby? No, not really. Probably not. So I, where does this idea come from about like this Midwestern seafood production? And w- what's the current state of like how much seafood do people eat around here? Where, where does the appeal come from? What are the challenges, the opportunities? So that's uh, a correct observation. Because in the Midwest, it's all, you know, 
corn, soybean, beef, pork, chicken. Yeah. We don't have any coastline besides the Great Lakes, but even that is fresh water. So when you talk about seafood, what comes to everybody's mind is the ocean. But then fish production for the, from the ocean is currently sort of static at a stable level. It's not increasing. You know, some reports will say that it's probably declining. And because of the decline, the shortfall is being made up from aquaculture, like Jen Yi said. So aquaculture is fish production. So there's fish production to supplement that. So when you come to the Midwest, uh, the fish production is all on land, it's not in the Great Lakes. It's either in ponds or in raceways or aquaponics. And so, you know, we are working on this project as one of the means of producing fish to meet the shortfall in, in fish production. Midwest, I would say that we are not typical seafood consumers. <laughs> Those who really consume a lot of seafood are the metropolitan areas. Chicago is one of them. Before I came to Purdue, I worked at University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, and it's all catfish down there. And when they process the catfish, everybody's looking at the Chicago market because the metropolitan city is where seafood is consumed. Mm -hmm. So if you take that out in the Midwest, our consumption is really not that strong. So even those who are producing fish in the Midwest, they look at Chicago, they look at New York, and those big cities to sell their fish. I printed some information from the census of aquaculture. The latest information we have is 2018. And if you compare Midwest production to the national aquaculture production, we are very, very small. So total farm sales of all aquaculture production in the US is about 1.5 billion. Oh my. In the Midwest, it's just 30 million mm -hmm. in value, which is 2%. And out of that, if you just take food fish, so when I say all aquaculture sales, we are talking about food fish, we are talking about recreational fish, or we are talking about bait fish for mm. ornamental and all that. So it's a combination of everything. But when we talk about just food fish, all the US, the sales value is 716 million. And in the Midwest, ours is just 15 million which is also about 2.1%. So we are very small player when it comes to seafood production and consumption in the Midwest. Wow, interesting. Yeah, I did not think about that. <laughs> yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense too, because in the Midwest, it's a very corn and soybean focused mm -hmm. in hogs and cattle, not as much cattle, but definitely hogs area of the world. So then your guys' project, like in terms of funding like a Midwest aquaculture? Could you explain a little bit more into like what maybe it is the USDA was looking for through your grant in terms of how that could affect Midwestern agriculture? 
Yeah, so the program funded our project called the Sustainable Agriculture System. So the USDA has been running that program for less about five years, I think, and through, they provide funding to make sure that the production system, the food production system, can be sustainable through the transformation. There are some uh, priorities that they expected the applicant to address, including the climate smart culture, and then also the food and nutritional security, and also even to develop some new high-value bioproducts, those kind of, there's a, one of few few priorities in that program. So they're not looking for just like a research project to expect the applicant to propose lab-scale research. They really want the solutions, which can be addressed the sustainability issue for the long term, probably five years, or even long term, let's say more than 10 years. So our project, we submit to this program and many address the food and nutrition security. So because the background is that, as you just mentioned, I mean, the Midwest, we mainly, the food production system here is mainly based on, it's an open field agriculture, and they grow the corn and soybean, and they have lots of hogs, and those kind of uh, food product system, uh, unfortunately, it's not considered um, very sustainable because they use lots of lands, and then in the meantime, have a lot of it, it requires a, a huge amount of water to support those growth. And another part to think about is that you think of the U.S. Um, uh, people, our people here, the eating habits. We consume the too much meat products. I mean, especially there's most of them largely come from like meats. I mean, let's say the the red meat, for example. So this kind of eating habits have been associated with, how say, increased the incidence of, how say, obesity or even like diet-related chronic disease, those kind of things. So based on that, we are actually thinking uh, we have to diversify, I mean, our, our food production system, also the consumers' uh, eating habits. So. In this case, we, we believe that the uh, seafood, also we, in this project we call it the blue food, is an opportunity because the blue food, we have some like other nutrients, for example, let's say the omega-3 fatty acid, some like vitamins, minerals, so they're all very beneficial to human health. And then that's that's why we submitted, developed this project. So we believe that Akmani is an opportunity to address this issue, we can produce a food more intensively. And then, of course, I mean, it, it still has some, currently still has some barriers. That's what our project aims to address. I mean, for example, like oppression costs or environmental impact, those kind of things. So that's that's probably the scope of our project. So that's why I say, so we want to use, we want to innovate the current aquaponic operation to increase the uh, local or regional seafood production and to provide the uh, adequate or uh, nutritious and affordable seafood with a minimum environmental impact. That's one just below. Could you explain a little bit into the sustainable a aspect of agriculture, like the systems and stuff that are in place to make it what has been described as, you know, like a more zero waste kind of style of agriculture? Okay, sure. Okay. So we for example, we just mentioned saying that okay, aquaponics can be operated with using less lands and water. 
So, and then it can produce uh, more food. For example, I mean, there have been some studies and the, the production yields for the pony, which we, which is one, one types of, one, one types of the control environment agriculture. They grow and they conduct the agriculture in the confined uh, facilities with temperature or even lighting control to make sure that it fits the, the best growing condition of the, the species. And in this case, I mean, they can, they have the production yields compared to the open field agriculture could be more than 10 times. And then using probably, let's say, yeah, I mean, one-tenth of the water or natural resources. So that's very well addressed some environmental issues like natural resources, the depletion, and also it can be very promising solutions for the growing global populations. So that's why we think that the aquaponics, which is like we mentioned, is a closed nutrients loop. So it can more efficiently utilize the nutrients to use the, for example, nutrients in fish, feces, poops, or like uneaten feed to use them to grow plants. So that is that you can limit the nutrients utilization, then which have in the meantime increased the production yield. Production yield. So that's why I say that it's it's considered as a sustainable farming practice for the future. And what what I can add to what he he said is that when you talk about, especially in the Midwest, you know, because of our winter weathers, the winter is said that you know get to a certain year you can't do anything outdoors. So aquaponics and it's something you can do in a controlled environment, like you know he said. So in a controlled environment, you can produce your fish and then use the waste for the plants. I don't know if you guys know that the largest aquaponics facility in the U.S. is in Wisconsin, Superior Fresh, and they produce salmon and then they produce vegetables that goes with it. I think lettuce that goes with it. And that's the largest facility in the US. And consider Wisconsin, you know. <laughs> and everything is indoors. So the footprint, you know, is less, using less land, uh, using less wa- water to produce. I don't know what their capacity is, but it's very large in mm. terms of how much fish they are produce, producing and then how much vegetables that they are producing from that facility. So that's what makes it sustainable, you know, because everything is reused, the waste is reused, you are using less water, less land. One thing I also mentioned about aquaponics is that we have the closed loop and then we have the decoupled. So the closed loop or the coupled is where all the waste from the fish goes to your grow beds and everything is, all the nutrients are utilized by the plants, cleaned up and then it comes back, the water, clean water comes back to the fish tank. The decouple system, you don't use all the wastewater from the fish tanks. You use some of it and then you can discharge the rest to do some field irrigation or things like that. So there are different kinds of you know, systems that way that you'll find. So basically with the decoupled, we're looking at, you can not only just integrate, not just, but you can integrate vegetable production, fish production, but you could even integrate it in more classic agriculture where we have irrigation needs. Yes. Interesting, interesting. And you have some of that practice in the South, in New Mexico, in Arizona. Awesome. So 
to me, again, I'm not an expert in aquaponics, but it sounds like a very intricate operation, very complicated. Let's say I I want to be involved in aquaponics. I am someone who thinks this is a good option for me. Is there a typical pathway for getting involved in this area? And maybe what are some difficulties in getting involved? Do I have to be a big company or can a normal person get involved there? So that is, you know, what I deal with, <laughs> with farmers, <laughs> not only aquaponics, but, you know, people who are doing fish farming, aquaculture. And when I talk to even some colleagues in the specialty crops, you know, they will tell you that they run into that program. I mean, that problem once in a while, that somebody just, you know, decides, okay, there's money in pumpkins, so they just go out, produce all the pumpkins they can, and then in extension, you get a call. Hey, Pedro Extension, I have this much pumpkin, where can I sell it? But you should have thought about all that before beginning. So one of the issues we are looking at in this project is not only the technical aspect, technical feasibility, which Jen Yi can talk a lot more about, but we're also looking at the economic feasibility because, and, and that is the heart of your question, that before you jump into it, one, you need to understand the fish you are going to produce. You need to understand the plants and how their needs are, because these are different organisms. They have different needs. We have some fish are tropical. They need warm water, and so should go with a plant that needs warm water. If you are using a cold water fish or cool water fish, you need plants that you know can tolerate cool water. So you need to really understand all the synergies and all the needs before you jump into it. So when you hear sustainability, that the fish waste is being used by the plants, it doesn't mean you can just jump right into it. You really need to understand the fish side, understand the plant side before you jump in. And then the underlying thing is the cost that how much do I need to invest in it? And when I invest in it, where am I going to sell my vegetables? Where am I going to sell my fish? And even if you are doing it, you have to plan the marketing because if, let's say you are doing lettuce or basil or something, and you don't plan in such a way, but it coincides with, let's say, the summertime where everybody's producing lettuce in yeah. their background and um, backyard and all that, then you might run into a problem with marketing. So there are a lot of things that one has to think about before jumping mm -hmm. into starting aquaponics. So that's that's what I would say. I don't know if you have something to say. That's pretty much about from the economic perspective. And then the, of course, I mean, there are some, some uh, Aquaponic operation and uh, talk about the uh, technical specs. I mean, there do some some barriers. I mean, so for example, I mean to because this is the we say it's a closed loop. So actually, the aquaponic is you are dealing with the interactions between the fish, uh, for example, aquatic aquatic animals and also some plants in water. And then also to manage those systems, normally we, the farmers have to add some the microbe into that to adjust the water quality to make sure that the water is good enough for both species to grow. And that's 
actually not that easy. It's so difficult, especially if the farmers, they want to start from the lab scale, probably in the backyard, don't do that. And then because the vo uh, water volume is very small and then it's very subject to changing by the rental factor. So that's some that's something that makes it uh, a little bit difficult. That's what we have learned from the farmer. So, so probably that's something uh, that's exactly in this project what we expect to help. No, no matter it's a scale, probably like small scales or even like hobbies. I mean, they want to run that so we can provide some guidelines for them to start how to deal with, to explain the interaction between the micro plants and then the even like aquatic animals. So that's exactly one of the barriers to, I mean, the aquaponic white wider adoptions in in the u.s or particularly in the the midwest so that's something we're here we're here to help that's what and that this project mm -hmm. is, is for yeah. and so it sounds like there's a lot of room for education and outreach especially with your guys's project in here in the midwest when you look at the scope of the size of aquaponics in the midwest versus the u.s in general mm -hmm. so i guess a good closing question here for us would be what are you guys looking to do with your project in terms of education and what possible outreach opportunities have presented themselves or are maybe going to? In terms of outreach, we are looking at different things. We are looking at outreach to high schools. So we are developing some curriculum around projects, looking at some of the technical aspect of it and a little bit of economics, but not too much, but more of technical. So that in the high schools, the science teachers, you know, can set up some of these things to teach the high school students about that. We, we are also looking at something in the area of like workforce development, because when you come to aquaculture, you know, you need the technical knowledge. So workforce development, you need to understand, you know, the whole technical aspect the biological aspect of that, which will be, which is very necessary to really operate that. And then outreach to the farmers themselves, because dealing with all kinds of farmers, they face challenges. Understanding how the system works, you know, understanding when to scale up and all that, deciding what fish species to use, what plant species to use, so from this project, we'll have an outreach aspect of it to network with these aquaponics producers so that we impart the knowledge that we gain from these projects to them to help them improve on their, on their operations. So that's kind of the outreach aspect of the project that we are looking at. Yeah. So just a few things to add um, to the comment. Um, so of course, I mean, in this project, we'll build a um, pilot scale integrated aquaponic system on the campus, which would be the very important units for demonstrations. So we also plan lots of uh, workshops. We can bring people, I mean, the interested farmers to, to the to the campus for demonstration, even provide the opportunity for hands-on operation for them to get to have them get familiar with the, the aquaponics. 
And also it can be provided for like students' future. They can come to Purdue. I mean, that's an excellent opportunity for them. And in the meantime, we have team members to focus more on the education, like Omina just mentioned. We will definitely develop some, some lectures based on the research findings. Then we can be easily integrated into the existing courses our team members have been teaching and including the undergraduate graduate courses. And in the meantime, we also develop some, we call it aquaponics experimental learning labs. So which will be the resources for the secondary educators or students for them to learn. I mean, so that's a, that's a few approaches we included in our project. Well, this is really wonderful. Thank you so much. I think it's so interesting to see how you're combining engineering, economics, outreach, all that together in this very, very useful, very helpful project that I think, looking forward, will benefit hopefully a lot of people. Thank you so much for talking about it with us today. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for doing this.